The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. It's the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. If you like us, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Did you know you don't subscribe anymore to podcasts? There's no such thing. There's no subscriptions. That's not what we call it anymore for some reason, because Big Pod decided that we would just follow. So follow us. Follow, follow, follow. Yeah, anyway, I'm here in the studio. I have a great guest. I'm delighted to say he's here in the studio in a world of virtual meetings, he's actually live and in person. He's a physical therapist. He's my new best friend because he's the first person I've seen this morning. And his name is Matthew Murray. He's here in the virtual studio. Yes, sir. How are you this morning, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. So you've already shown off to me that you enjoyed the healthy breakfast of, let's see, I think you said eggs, avocado, and hummus. Was it, is that, did I get that right? No avocado today, but. Oh, okay. Egg, yeah. egg cheese, uh, quesadilla is delicious. Well, it's a good place to start as any, it, because people struggle with what to have for breakfast. I usually have three coffees. <laughs> and then until I get hungry for, you know, an Italian sub or a chicken parm sub or something, this is, this is not, these are not habits you should be following people. But what do you, what do you usually have? So what's really hard is there's a lot of competing theory, uh, theories about breakfast. It's yeah. hard to decide what to actually have. So some people are obsessed with intermittent fasting. They just refuse to eat breakfast. And that works for a lot of people. I've actually done it in the past. I lost a lot of weight and it worked really well for me. But more recently, you know, to hit you know, certain protein goals, they actually suggest trying to get most of your protein in the morning. So really either having one breakfast or even some people having two or a breakfast and a protein shake, just trying to get ahead of the protein intake in the day in the morning, because the rest of the day, it's just harder to get it in. Yeah. I've tried that in the past and then I inevitably end up stopping at Dunkin' Donuts uh, (laughs) eventually. But yeah, when I was on a diet, the best diet I was probably ever on that really worked for me it was my crazy friend, Steve. Well, at the time, I thought he was crazy. Now everybody does this the protein and the small meals and things like that. But it was like, how many like how many grams of protein is in like an egg? Like a, a hundred or something? No, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting <laughs> a, lot, the, a lot less than that. I'm a forgetting the scale. That. Oh, that's right. No, it's like um, 10, right? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So it was, I think the plan was like 20 grams of protein five times a day. And yeah. so, so you had to mix in like, protein shakes and and like a scoop of protein powder in your oatmeal you know and you find like any way possible yeah. um, the more that the research is coming out it just seems like you're supposed to have more and more and more protein in the day so the best ways that i've seen because i have been researching this a lot recently because i'm just i don't understand oh, how, to, how to hit these protein goals <laughs> yeah. so egg whites is the you know number one thing so i usually do i can't just eat egg whites though because egg whites just don't taste that yeah good. they're gross they really are I so i do i try to do like half and half egg white egg uh and then i've come across an amazing protein pancake uh, mm. recipe that I'm always mind blown to talk about because it actually tastes good. Come on. Uh, but it literally is just two eggs of one banana mm-hmm. and a scoop of protein. And that's all you need. 
And now that, you, you turn that into a, a pancake. You turn that into a pancake. Now, I do add cinnamon. I do add blueberries and a little baking soda. Uh, oh, this is great. Yeah. but uh, and, and again, you don't have to use eggs. You can use egg whites to make it even healthier. But it, it tastes good. It always, like, surprised me. I usually add a little pe- peanut butter on top. Nice. Oh, yeah, because yeah, peanut butter is a good source of protein. And, and t- fat, but peanut butter just tastes good. So <laughs> Yeah, but it's good fat, right? Well, that's what, that's what, that's what we tell ourselves <laughs> anyways, right? Yeah. So, um, good. I'm already enlightened. And and that holds together. It doesn't break apart. I'm picturing it breaking apart. Well, the that's, that is definitely the hardest part is the okay. flip. It will hold together, but <laughs> the right. flip is definitely dangerous. I usually make one large pancake is how it works out. And then it breaks up into, so if it breaks up, into, well, it still tastes good. It sure right? does. Yeah. Anyway, but it, you're not a nutritionist per no. se, although I'm sure it has some, some, it's, it's some crossover, but you're you're a physical therapist. Yep. Was it your dream to be a physical therapist? Where did you grow up, Matt, actually? Let me ask you that. Uh, Andover, Mass. Yeah. Okay. North Shore. I know where that is. It's right next to North Andover, it which, is. Is, which is the snooty part of town. Yeah. Tell me how the, the your your origin story of becoming a physical therapist. Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty common in like the physical therapy realm because kids don't really know about physical therapy unless they get injured. So once you're an injured athlete, then you start to kind of get experience in the physical therapy world and you decide if you like it or not. So for me, like I did have, you know, several sports injuries, but my biggest one is I had stress fractures in my lower back. So it was bilateral both sides l3 l5 which meant i had a plastic brace from waist to chest in like junior year of high school oh that sucks yeah <laughs> poor guy but i had it underneath my shirt so no one knew about it everyone just okay. thought i had really good posture but i literally <laughs> just was forced up into that position so i was at pt like three times a week for you know six to eight did months that did that. those did that injury come from just sports wear and tear or yeah i was a little bit of a fat kid little fat teenager so uh the if combination you can see matt today viewers he's he's quite svelte i'm, I'm quite <laughs> jealous so so that's a change but it's the combination of you know not having the strength and growth spurts and your muscles not keeping up and just the overuse it's really more of an overuse it's not like a specific you know you fell you caused a stress fracture it's just over time it can lead to those types of injuries mm-hmm. and so and as you're walking around in the brace you're thinking maybe someday i'll help other people in braces. I would, well, my like image of physical therapy was just so small at that time. Like what I saw was my physical therapist, like massaging people and just giving people advice. And yep. at that time I'm like, I'm good at massages. I'm great at giving advice. Maybe this is what I should do. Yeah, what, what more could there be to it really? Right. Yeah. So, and then you go to school for this thing or what? Tell me about that. Yeah. So there's a couple options out there now, but the most common is four years undergrad, three years grad school. And no matter what option you do, you do graduate with a doctorate in physical therapy. Wow. Yeah. So where did you do your degrees? I went to University of Delaware for my undergrad and then Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. Their Worcester campus is their physical therapy school. Delaware Blue Hens. Blue Hens, that's right. I don't know where the, I'm sorry, School of Agriculture, you said? (laughs) Do they have have a mascot? Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. I want to say it's the Cardinals or something, but I'm actually not sure. Okay. My head was in books. You know, they don't have very good sports teams either. So so I actually didn't know this. So you have a a doctorate. So should I call you a doctor? Yeah, and, technically I get mail and it's Dr. Matt. So, really? Yeah. Well, technically I'm a doctor too because I have a law degree. JD, Juris Doctor. Yeah. Nobody calls us doctors. It's well, I, I hate it. I, I don't really let my patients call me, you know, doctor. I just right. go, I just go by Matt. It's, it's nice to kind of have a little bit more of an informal approach because you are kind of building a relationship with that patient as well. So what your degree is in physical therapy? Or yep. Okay, cool. Excellent. So what what is the most common thing that you deal with? 
Ah, the most common pain would be low back pain. Yeah. I was just saying, saying my girlfriend the other day, she was complaining to me about her back because that's what she does every day. I'm just kidding. She, But she, she does have a, a just sort of a random, like, injury, just kind of, like, sprawling, reaching for her kid one day, like, seven years ago. And it hurts her every day. She's tried so many different things. What does she try? What does she try? She's tried... You know, physical therapy. She's tried acupuncture. She's tried some meds. She's tried injections. And what she's had people tell her that she's going to have to live with pain for the rest of her life, which is just so cruel. But the back is, is I guess, is, is it us that does it to our backs or is it just that the back? It's kind of like the knee. You know, I've heard the knee was when God created man, he just kind of messed up on the knee. You know, so, he, you know, I mean, it, it breaks so often. And so, but is it injuries from sports or I guess it could be anything that you deal with, right? Well, first thing I just want to address is she doesn't have to live with back pain the rest of her life. I haven't okay. met her, obviously, right. but she just needs to find the right person and, really? you know, okay. the right care. Because most, most back pain will actually get better without doing anything about it. And then the back pain that is more consistent, if you find, you know, obviously I'm a physical therapist. So I'm going to, you know, really focus on them today. Uh, there's a lot of really good physical therapists out there. A lot of them really specialize in you know, patient-centered, chronic pain. Chronic pain just means you have pain for more than, than three months, and that just makes changes in the body. And when you have those changes in the body, uh, you perceive pain differently. So you just have to interact and treat those patients differently because just, a, you know, some portion of their pain is larger than it should be. If you think of like a dimmer switch, the brain has the ability to modulate pain, modulate pain down. Mm -hmm. It doesn't create pain that isn't there, but it can just make it, you know, more excessive than it needs to be. Your, your nervous system, your alarm system, system is just on overdrive mm -hmm. so when someone comes to you with back pain you do kind of diagnosis and outline a plan do you usually know right away what what the the patient needs or customer i don't know what you call them what do you call them clients patient, patient. okay patient okay yeah. it's a good question you the more experience that you get as a PT, the easier it is to kind of pigeonhole patients into, you know, this is what they need, X, Y, and Z. But it's really the wrong thing to do. Every patient is different. So they can come in for the same thing, be the same age, be the same gender, and then your treatment can be just completely different. You know, maybe their goals are different. Maybe just their beliefs are different. So there's always different ways to go about it, different things that people could need. I mean, the general things, you know, like low back pain, is their core strong? Are there are their hips strong you know what's their the mobility of their hip like the mobility of their mid-back life but there's just so many other steps to it mm -hmm. what are the misconceptions that you deal with what, what do people get wrong about physical therapy and about injuries and such no i'm not sure if it's wrong but people just always want physical therapy to be a quick fix. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many things out there that are quick fixes and physical therapy is more about the long lasting, you know, change in your life and getting back to what you want to do. And, and anything that is long lasting and impactful just takes time and it takes time and it takes effort. So some people will come to physical therapy thinking that they're, you know, they just need like one to two treatments and, you know, the physical therapist is going to do all the work. And really it's our job just to mentor the patients that we're seeing and, and kind of talk them through how they can do the work to get better and how they can make the changes to get better. So, yeah, it's, it's like anything else. Like when you see, for example, uh, those ads on TV where a guy says, you can, you know, buy my book and you can have your own business and you could be making a million dollars just from working from home next year. And you say to yourself, this guy's full of shit. There's no way <laughs> that's something, but the people, and I'm not referring to anyone in particular, but if you read that guy's book, I guarantee you, 
if you actually did what he said, you probably can make a million dollars. Like, there, the, but but you have to do it. Like, like there's 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 no. I imagine what you're describing is just like a lot of things in life where there, there's like you say there's no quick fix, there's no free lunch. Mm-hmm. So is is making our is making patients. Com, compl- what's the word? Complicit. Compliant, I guess. Compliant. Is, is that one of your challenges? And, you know, it's not all on the patient either. Like, a big thing that we talk about is patient buy-in. Like, we are, you know, a salesperson at the same time. We're selling, like, them feeling better. Like, you'd think it would be easier to sell, but it is, yeah. like, ask them to make a lot of changes. And it's, it's you know, things that are difficult to do or changes that are, you know, hard to make. It's really hard to build a habit. So whenever you uh, have to build one, it's just, you know, very difficult to make it consistent and something that is a part of your life. So finding ways to understand the patient's goal, understand the patient, who they are better, and just being able to relate with that patient and, and, you know, meet with them on a deeper level to understand exactly what they need and how what I can give them will get them to that level. You ever have someone who's such a pain in the ass you have to fire them? Be honest. Patient? Yeah. I've... You know, never specifically <laughs> fire them, but I will say like if, cause patients will always be like, uh, you know, I didn't do my exercises, but at least I'm being honest. I'm like, well, you're not going to get better, but at least I'm being honest. You know, I just, I just, yeah. if, if they react that way, then I feel like I'm, I'm actually doing them a disservice and I just double down and, you know, really work on the patient buy-in. And there are times where I just have a very straight conversation. I'm just like, you can come here. Like I can work hard. You know, I can, I can do these things, but this is like two hours out of your entire week. Like right. there's so many hours in a week, like you will not get better if you don't put in, you know, the work X, Y, and Z at home, making these different changes. You know what you're like? You're like the dentist who looks down at you and say, have you been brushing your teeth twice <laughs> a day? And you go, well, you know, it, or like the, I used to, the first home I owned hired a landscaper and, you know, he told me what to do to plant the grass and make the grass grow. And he would like drive by the house, like and 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 like stare at me, stare daggers because I haven't watered the lawn. He could tell, you know. And it's, it's, like, it's like it's my lawn, dude. Like I know, but but it's like you, you guys take pride in this. And so, well, when absolutely. You, yeah. But that's all I'll say. You know, it is your body. You know, like I'm not. It's not my job to you know get you to do these things. It's I can just tell you if you do these things, you will feel good. You will be able to go on that hike. You will, you know, I talked to some older patients and like they're talking about like their bucket list and all the things they want to do. And I'm I'm talking about like, you know, stairs. Like they're like, well we don't I don't have stairs. I'm like, all right, well when you go to Europe, are you gonna go on any stairs there? And they're like probably I'm like, all right, well do you want to <laughs> be able to do that? Then if you want it that's all it is. Like if you yeah. want to be able to do those things, you have to find time in your life to do them. Like you can't just not do something for a month especially at your older ages, and then just just decide that you can do it. Consistency really is the key. Give us one form of exercise that's underrated and one that's overrated, if you can. Interesting, interesting. Underrated, I would say just ab coordination, because a lot of people will do a lot of different ab workouts, but a lot of people have difficulty just bracing their stomach and maintaining the brace while they breathe. That's the way you do that, is just put your hand on your stomach. Imagine someone's going to punch you in the stomach. You feel that brace, and then just maintain it as you breathe. When you breathe out, it's going to be difficult to maintain, and... So that's underrated. So now you can do that. Overrated. That is underrated. Yes. <laughs> overrated exercise. I don't know. You, you say all exercise is good. All exercise. And that's right. You know, like yeah. the, I don't want to say something's overrated because maybe that's like the one thing that this People person love, does. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's like what's most important is just that, that you're moving and that you're feeling good. There's really, it's just like nu- nutrition, like, or just what you eat. Like there's not one rhyme way or, or reason mm-hmm. to go about it. It's like, how can you just move and be happy about it and not hate it? Like I hate running. I was, I was hoping you were going to say running. That's what I wanted. To 
just say because I hate it too. But I'd like to know if there was ever a time in my life where I had to run away from something (laughs) that I'd be able to do it. So that is literally the only reason that I still run. There's so many forms of cardio you don't have to run, but I want to be able to run away from something. But I guess what you're saying is if you do hate running like me, you can, there's nothing wrong with doing elliptical or the bike or walking or walking, swimming, or just like, you know, find like a recreational sport that you like to do too. It's a really good way to do it. Yeah. I, I need to find someone to play tennis with because I suck at tennis, but I enjoy it. And I think because I suck, I have to work a little harder. So there you go. Exercise, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> we are going to uh, play a round of good stuff where both Matt and I will recommend something good to you, the listening audience, before we uh, break. But before we get there, Matt, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more of, about what you do and maybe if they can hire you to, to sort out their back or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can look us up at Peak Physical Therapy. And I'm working the Braintree office. I'm the clinic manager at the Braintree office. Peak is a great uh, private practice outpatient physical therapy place. So, I mean, whether you had a surgery or you just kind of banged your knee or, or whatever is going on, I treat the toe, I treat the jaw, I treat everything in between. So, I can definitely be there for you. If you're looking for me specifically, you can look at Instagram for at DPT That's DPTMUR. And my work email is mmurray at peaktherapy.com. Very cool. Do you know what the mascot is for Braintree High? I don't. The Wampanoags. The, oh, the yeah. Wamps. The Wamps. Except there's a there's a, at least a mild controversy as to whether they should change that name. But really, yeah. yeah but the the hardcore people say there's nothing derogatory about it. They're they're saluting the the people who I don't know founded Braintree or something or used to be there. I don't. I know. will uh, stay out of that argument. Yeah, please do. We are going to play a round of good stuff as I just promised about 37 seconds ago. Before we do, let me just take one minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod six one seven dot com is where you go if you want your own podcast. You can be the next big podcast star. We produce the whole show for you from start to finish. Intro music, outro music. You could do it here in our lavish Westwood Mass studios or remotely. Many people do it remotely. We send you out a quality USB mic, not one of those crappy ones. And we make sure your show is tip top from start to finish. A podcast is a great way to connect with your audience, clients, people in your network. They'll be amazed when they get invited to be a guest on your show. The Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. In pod, we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Dancing to the B-52s, another form of exercise, (laughs) if you're into that sort of thing. So as will happen on this show, me not being so much the intellectual type, I'm going to recommend a TV show, but Matt's going to recommend a book, so it's a good thing he's here. So tell us what you have to recommend to the uh, listening audience, Matt. Absolutely. So what we talked about earlier is how difficult you know building habits are. Basically, when something's a part of your life, it's very easy to do. But if I'm asking you to do something, especially things that you necessarily don't want to do, it's really hard to fit it in. It really takes a lot of conscious effort. And there's a book called Atomic Habits that I actually read every six months reason. Really? At the end, they tell you to do all these things to kind of keep it up. And it was too much effort for me. So what I do is every six months, I just reread the book to kind of make sure that I'm kind of keeping up with the different habits. But the, if you break down the name, it's Atomic Small Habits, you know, these things that you're building. So it's very, very small changes either to, you know, make it harder to do bad habits or easier to do good habits. And it really makes a big difference. Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, Atomic Habits, author James Clear. And looks like it's available. People, you can get it. You can even get the hardcover. You can get the... Get the hardcover. It's a nice, it's a nice gift for like twelve bucks on it Amazon. It is a really good audiobook, though. 
I was going to say that, and I'm glad, glad you mentioned it, because that's the way I listen to books now. I like it when the author himself reads it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like it when they bring in some You hear voice it more. Act. It's just like the passion in what he's saying, too. Exactly, exactly. So I will recommend a TV show, and many of you probably have seen this, but if, if, if you haven't, you might have heard of it. It's called Bad Vegan, and it's it, the, the name is kind of misleading. So I know we were talking about nutrition earlier in the show, Matt. It's the center person character in this in this tale it's a it's a documentary so obviously this really happened in in new york was a woman who opened this vegan all vegan restaurant but the real story is she gets swindled by this dude who just takes her for millions of dollars we'll listen to a little bit of the trailer here it is so i'm just supposed to do whatever you say and listen to your instructions and yes you signed on to this you told me you wanted happily ever after if I tell you to take all your money out of the bank and light it on fire, do it. Pure Food and Wine was the top raw vegan restaurant in the world. It was ahead of its time, and it was a high-end, fine-dining vegan experience that was a hot spot. Owen Wilson used to just post up in the back and, like, walk through the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. It was the brand, the raw vegan queen. It was such a great environment to work in. If none of this had ever happened, we'd probably still be working there. Sarma was telling me about a guy that she had been talking to online. There were tons of conspiracy theories about why she married him. Was there some sort of blackmail involved? It was just all very mysterious. Anthony told Sarma she had to perform a series of tests. He promises her that he is going to make Sarma and her dog immortal. It's a complete madness. Right. Spoiler alert, the dog is not immortal. <laughs> I mean, I don't th- I don't think know if the dog's dead. The dog might still be around. But yeah, it and this goes on for what I think this is a two episodes Netflix series or whatever it is. Anyways, it's multi episodes. And it is as bizarro and crazy as the trailer suggests. This woman is attractive. She went to uh, Wharton, which is kind of where I went to. Well, I went to Penn. I didn't go to Wharton, but same, same campus. And she is duped by this dude who eventually marries her. And I'm not spoiling anything here. This is the, like, the premise of the whole thing. And she just keeps giving him money, and he, keeps, he doesn't tell her where... It's going. He's he's like kind of creepily saying like he's he's alluding to this this weird maybe cult kind of thing or this underground that he's involved in something dangerous and important and he has to keep stocking this money away. Later, as the doc goes on, you kind of figure out where the money is going and it's it's nothing important at all. It's, <laughs> it's basically just this dude, and so it's it's weird. There is a, there is just a, a spate of documentaries that seem to be popping up on people who get swindled in one way or another, you know, have you seen any of these, uh, the Tinder swindler and inventing Anna and, and yeah. And so it's just crazy. Uh, yeah. Do you have any theories? I, not that you're an expert on this, you're a physical therapist, so, but you're not a, an expert on cults, but I'll ask you anyways, Matt, do you have any theories on, on why people can get talked into things like this? You know, that's a good question too. And I will say, like, I'm going to loop back to the quick fix idea or just wanting to be, you know, directed in a certain a certain place. Like, we're it, on the physical therapy side of things. We're trying to get people to, you know, realize these changes themselves and, and make these big moves themselves. But some people want to be told what to do yeah. in a very specific, exact way. And it's 
it's not like overnight, like where wherever I haven't seen this, but wherever it ends is not where it starts. Yeah. So it's over time, just like a small change, like very small changes are very hard to perceive. So I'm sure just like very slowly just started to take more and take more and people just you're you're drawn in, you're believe you've already put this much money. Now you have to put this much. Like, why not? Yeah. I used to work for a guy in the newspaper industry named Jim Dolan, and he was an interesting guy, but he used to tell this story about decision making. But the story was that he was a young man working in Texas, and I forget what he was doing, not important, but he was wearing a suit, and he had to drive across the these, the, these flatlands in Texas. And so there was, like, not another car on the road, incredibly boring. I don't know if he had a radio or what, but he, he's driving along. It was really warm, and so he, he takes off his, you know, his suit and his shirt, so he's just kind of in, a, like, a tank top. And then he decides... you know, no one's going to see me. I can just take off my pants and be like in my boxer shorts. You know, uh, no one's going to see me. I'm driving across the state of Texas. So that's fine. And then he, and then he's like, you know what? I'm driving straight. I can put this on cruise control. I could actually read a book while I'm doing this. Right. And so he's, he starts reading a book and he's still driving just fine. And that's when he sees the cop behind him. And and so the the cop is pulling him over and he's going to have to explain why he's in his underwear reading a book, you know, and the lesson that he, took from this was sometimes it's not one bad decision it's a bunch of little bad decisions mm-hmm. that that don't necessarily seem bad at the time and i think that's part and parcel of what happens in this is is at first you know she's in love with this guy he needs to borrow ten thousand twenty thousand dollars tells her it's important well of course i'm going to loan you that money i love you you know and then but it's just the the repetition and but it's it's something about the power of suggestion or how people can be taught because like I said she seems like a totally normal a successful attractive person and man it's just so I, I warn you when you watch it you're gonna you're gonna get frustrated because it's you, you just want to say what come on you gotta stop don't you see don't you see <laughs> and just I I mean I, I have a little bit of sympathy for her because we don't know what's going on in her head or you know what kind of upbringing she had and maybe she just need maybe she really loved him maybe she needed this kind of thing I don't know I've been duped before. I, got, I, I once I got a call from someone who, it was an automated message that said, uh, stand by for someone from Eversource Energy, because if you don't, your power is going to get shut off. But it said it very professionally, and I yeah. assumed it was a call from Eversource, which was my power company. And I actually ended up sending them some money. So my power, and before, in the middle of the call, I realized... This wasn't ever <laughs> like it never was. And it's scary that, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment we can get talked into such things. But um, happily, I didn't uh, give up one point eight million dollars like she did. Yeah, I wish I had 18 at one point eight million dollars to lose. Anyway, Matt, I hope you had fun on the show a little bit anyway. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Boston podcast. And don't forget to find Matt on Instagram. Give out that Instagram handle one more time, please, Matt. At DPT DPTMUR. And thank you for stopping by. My my back feels better already, Matt. I don't know what you did. (laughs) Just kind of being here. Please follow this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you dig it, if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of Matt, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston or from Braintree, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. 